0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunrise on this not rainy morning. I don't think it's raining right now, so praise the Lord for that. But praise the Lord for rain this past week. It's been pretty dry recently, so thank God for that. And thank God for worship today and for joining us in the sanctuary here. Why don't you guys stand with us? If you're joining with the first time this morning here in the sanctuary, or if it's your first time online, welcome to you guys. Um, We just, yeah. Love that you're here with us. Uh, there's a QR code on the back of the chairs, or for those of you online, there's a, a little link that'll pop up into the um, the comment section. You can click on that link, and it'll bring you right to our website, and that'll have a spot where you can fill out a couple of questions, ask us a couple questions. And if again, if it's your first time, we'll um, send you a little present in the mail this week. And just as I say, thank you to hanging out with us today. we're going to worship and we're going to sing and praise God today. And uh, just be reminded this morning that there is nothing that our God can't do, that all things are possible with Him. No matter what place you may find yourself in, what season you may find yourself in this morning, all things are possible with God. So with that in mind, let's sing, let's praise, let's give our, our thanks and gratefulness to God this morning.
1: Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. And just one word, the darkness has to retreat. And just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, just one word. You hear what's broken inside in just one word, and you revive every dream in just one touch, I feel the power of heaven, just one touch, my eyes were open. I can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can Greater things, there's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Sing it out. I will believe for greater things, there's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus I will believe for greater things There's no power like the power of Jesus Let faith arise, let all agree There's no power like His power There's nothing that our God can do There's not a mountain that He can move praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can do oh there's nothing that our god can
0: God, we rest in you today. We rest in the knowledge that you are good and we can relax our shoulders in your presence. We find peace in knowing that in you, all things are possible. We may find ourselves on different paths this morning. Some may be on high in the mountaintops and our journeys are places we've seen you and all things are possible in that. God, you've shown your faithfulness in our lives and we know that it is good. But some of us are, we find ourselves stuck down in the valley, looking up and waiting for you to move. Together this morning, we declare that we believe in greater things to come. Help us rest in that knowledge and find peace in it, Jesus. We look to you to be our vision, guiding us and directing us. Help us to follow you. Increase our faith this morning. Open our eyes to see you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat.
2: Good morning, sunrise. Good morning. How's it going? Good. I was just telling uh, one of our directors and one of our elders we need to have a town hall meeting every Sunday. (laughs) Uh, Whether you're with us in the room or you're joining us online, thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, If you've been here for a while, we're still here. If you're new, you're here. It's great to have you with us. My name is Dan Fisher. Um, We are excited to be able to meet in our building, even though we can't meet outside, which is our plan during the summers to meet in the last Sunday of the month over at Hager Park. Uh, Since we can't do that today, we are again thankful for the building that we have here. Uh, For different things that are happening at sunrise or different events that we're putting on for people to jump into, on this round table just outside of the sanctuary doors, grab a piece of paper there labeled Summer at Sunrise. You'll be able to find all the different things that are happening for your kids, for you adults, for the men, for the women. Grab one of those and you'll know kind of what's going on. Uh, We have a town hall meeting today after the service, so when our service is done, we'll clearly make known when that is. We'll have a brief break, just a few minutes. People can stand up, leave if you need to. You won't need to, I promise. Uh, if If you'd like to stretch, grab a drink, you're welcome to do that. We'll come back in here, and we'll have a very brief town hall meeting. This morning, we are continuing our story in the book of Acts. Uh, Behind us, you can see all these polygons, for those of you who are just jumping in. uh, We spent the last several weeks going through the story of Scripture, all the way from the very beginning of God creating the world, all the way to the point of John's revelation. Now, we don't have all those polygons up, but I promise you they're coming. Right now, we're landing in the book of Acts. We are a people who live real lives with real struggles, We've been through a year of a pandemic that has wiped out some of our confidence, that has shaken some of our confidence, and there have been all kinds of questions like, where is God and what is he up to? Who are we and how do we continue to move forward in this story in ways that still pull people to Jesus? And these same kinds of questions were pummeling the hearts and minds of the disciples who walked with Jesus as Jesus walked the earth. And there came a time after Jesus was crucified, dead, and was resurrected that he said, I'm going now, and you, my followers, must do the work of telling the world about who I am so that they might follow me. And so all kinds of questions, like we have been asking ourselves, landed hard on their shoulders. Where do we go from here? <laughs> Our leader, who has been telling us that this hope that he is going to bring is coming, and yet now he is gone. And then, of course, if you've been with us for Acts 1 and Acts 2, you remember that in Acts 1, we have a, a retelling of the story of Jesus ascending to heaven. And the first move that the disciples make after learning that Jesus is gone and it's their task to tell the world about him is they pack up all of their bags, they get on their donkeys, and no, they pray. And it feels really disappointing (laughs) that these disciples of Jesus, who are supposed to do this really great, awesome thing instead of going to a boardroom, decide to pray in a place that they've always been. They recruit in and they affirm a new leader in their group of people who are tasked to lead the church. And then in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost happens. And God comes in a powerful way where he shows up in ways that the people who've been coming to Jerusalem to celebrate a Jewish festival can't walk away with anything other than a realization that Jesus is real and that the promises of the prophets have come true. And so you have the disciples who were speaking and everyone who is there hears God's word in their own tongue. And it's an amazing thing. Here we find ourselves in Acts chapter 3. And in Acts chapter 3, our setting is here. This is called the beautiful gate. This is a gate that you see as you go into the city of Jerusalem. Now, it's not so much a gate now. If you try to walk through that, you'd have a little bit of a hard time unless you're Harry Potter. For those of you who have watched that. Uh, Actually, during the crusades, the crusaders blocked off that entrance to help protect the city of Jerusalem from attackers. But this is the beautiful gate. This gate rests right outside of Herod's temple. This is the front door to the temple. and This is the place where the story that Luke tells us, those of us who are Theophilus, friend of God, Luke tells us this story. You're welcome to follow along in Acts chapter 3, where Luke writes these words. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple. They would have come across the place like what we just saw, the beautiful gate, at the time of prayer. Now, we don't have to look up when that time of prayer is, Luke tells us, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, the picture that I just showed you, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for something. Now, I say something and have that phrase, ask for money, highlighted because that's not actually what... Luke tells us if we can look back at the actual language that Luke wrote in, Greek, what this person in front of Herod's temple at this beautiful gate is doing is what he's done for a long time, probably for years. This is a man whose legs don't work, and over and over and over and over again, he's been brought to the front door of Sunrise Ministries. He's been set there by friends who care enough about him to try to help him position himself at some place that draws the attention of God's people so that he might receive something from the people of God. Now, this, is, this makes sense in the story of what we already know about Acts. Everyone in Jerusalem and every Jewish person who has come to Jerusalem from other nations has seen a great God do great things. They have seen the people of God sell their possessions in order to take care of the people in their community. They know that it is the people of God who are praying together, who are dedicating themselves to building relationships with each other and following the teachings of the apostles. And so for these friends to bring this man to this place having seen the great things that God has done, are bringing him to the best place they can think of where his life might be transformed by God's love and grace. And so he rests at the beautiful gate right outside of sunrise. Many of the people who would have entered this gate would have seen this man before. You see lots of people as you come in and out those doors. You at least see greeters, right? Tell me the names of three of the people you saw as you were walking through that door who aren't with your family. Don't tell me out loud, but just think about that for a minute. How well were you paying attention? Now, I don't say that, I don't ask that question to judge you or to even help you judge yourself, but to help see that we, just like the people who would have walked into this beautiful gate that would have caught their eyes and lifted their eyes upward, just like they wouldn't have noticed this man who needed help, we often stroll right into these beautiful doors and don't notice people who need help. And so this man who is there, he asks for something. That word that is there is reflective of almsgiving. He's asking for generosity. He's calling out for some form of justice, something that will make him whole. It's not a, hey, do you have $5 on you? It's, hey, those of you who are going into Sunrise Ministries, can you help me in some way? Peter looks right at him. We don't know how many times this has happened for this man who is sitting by this gate for someone to look right at him. If you've been to Grand Rapids, if you've been to Chicago, you've seen folks like this. If you've Driven to Walmart or to Costco, you've seen people holding signs on the side of the road asking for anything that you can give. Many of us just looked right past that, right? We hear and see the cries of people in our community, in our country, who were asking for some form of relief from the oppression that they have experienced. They position themselves in the best places that they can, and they cry out, will you please give us something? And they are waiting for the Peters who follow God to look right at them. And this is what Peter does. And so does John. We don't know where this man who is begging for something is looking. Maybe he's he's looking at his empty can and wondering if at some point it's going to get filled up. Maybe he's enjoying the people watching that we also are able to do at airports. He's checking out the nice cars that are pulling into the driveway. Maybe he's thinking about his parents, his siblings. Maybe he's wondering, why do I have to keep coming to this place where God's people keep coming, where they go inside and they sing songs about God's deliverance and about how he is enough and how we are generous people, and yet still here I am. Peter says, hey, hey, look, look over here. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get Something, this is the correct translation here, expecting to get something from them. Anything. Then Peter said, silver or gold I don't have. This is of course what many people would assume, that someone who's sitting on the side of the road begging, is asking for, is money of some sort. This is the assumption that Peter and John are making, and Luke writes this detail here to help us see that we can jump to the conclusion that it's money that will solve people's problems. Peter and John says, Peter, Peter says, "Silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give you." And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, don't get distracted at this point in the story, okay? The the point of this story is not that every one of you, as you pass people on the street, should be able to say to someone who needs to be healed, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. No, no, no. This is not what Luke is doing. The story continues. This chapter goes on. At this place in the story, the question we should be asking ourselves is how in the world do John and Peter know with this beggar, Sitting right outside of Sunrise Ministries, right outside the temple at this beautiful gate. How do they know what this guy needs? How do you know what someone needs? Does the kid at school who's been picked on need money for lunch? Do people who have been belittled because of their preferences, who have been pushed down because of the way that they look, who have been devalued because of their grades, do they need us to simply give them money? This beggar is not asking at any point for money. What he's crying out for is something. Will you give me Something. And the problem with even our American culture is that we can reduce that idea of what we can give someone to whatever will fit in our back pocket or whatever we can pull out of our checking account or whatever will fit in that plastic card that has a chip in it. God willing, it still has money in it. But you know the people in your life who have looked at you as you have relationally been sitting at the door of sunrise or in a chair here or in your small group or you sat at the table by yourself at lunchtime, you know when the people around you have not just seen you, but they have looked at you and they have come near to you. Maybe for you, it was someone who decided that instead of turning their back on you like all of your other Christian friends did because of your story, they came close to you. And they brought you wholeness by sitting across a table with a couple of frothy drinks. You can pick warm or cold, whatever the contents are. And decided to see you as a human being who needed to be loved. And they didn't have money to give you, but what they had to give you, they gave. And it brought wholeness. This is what Peter and John did for this man here, and in this situation. It happens to be that this man was healed. So taking him by the right hand, he, he, that is Peter, helped up this beggar, this lame man, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk then, and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. <laughs> This man's life was completely transformed because of the followers of Jesus who decided to take the time to see him intently and to assume that he needed something more than pithy gold or silver. This man jumps to his feet. I don't know how many times... You as doctors or nurses or just people in the room have seen someone whose legs didn't work start to instantly work. I have never seen that myself. But if something like that were to happen, I think anyone who saw it would say, oh my goodness, something crazy has happened here. Was this guy pretending? There really is a God. This is bananas. Hey, how can I do what John and what Peter did? Somebody tell me what's the formula, right? Right? I mean, we live in America, the world of capitalism, so if we can bottle that and sell it on Amazon or somewhere, then we'll make a bunch of money, right? But the point here is that this man who is sitting outside of Sunrise, sitting outside of the temple, now walks into the temple. You can see, not here, you guys help me out there in the back. I mean these words are true and they are wonderful. The guys who are working in the back do a great job, and it's only when things don't go well that we ever notice them. Thank you. That's perfect. Thank you. So you can see here in the bottom right, you see the gate beautiful there? Just give me some kind of feedback. Yeah. Yes. Okay, perfect. You're still here. Good. This is the place where just outside of it, you would have seen, that's where we saw the picture of the beautiful gate that had been closed in by the crusaders. This man who was outside as John and Peter who were walking into the temple, that he was healed. And it's outside of the temple, where? Inside or outside? Outside. Outside of the temple, that's an important thing, outside of the temple, outside of the beautiful gate where this man is healed, and because of that healing, he is now able to walk into the temple with the other people of God who boldly walk into the temple, now with this man who himself is able to be there because of the transforming work of God that happened outside of the temple. This is a pivotal moment in the life of the church. God's movement is not contained to this room. The life of God, the power of God does not only happen here inside of the doors of Sunrise Ministries, it happens outside of the doors of Sunrise Ministries, and it happens because of the power and the presence and the work of Jesus Christ through his people who are willing to see those in need and to give them what is needed to make them whole so that they can enter not just this building, not just that temple, but they can enter the family of God knowing that they are enough. So how does this become helpful for us today? Number one, I think it's something that we can take from this story, put in our pockets, and take with us back home, take with us to the beach, take with us in our cars as we come home from the beach and need to have conversations with our family who are telling us in some way that they need something and we don't know what to do. The first thing I think this test is asking us to do is to notice what is needed. Notice. Listen not just to the words, but to the stories. Don't just know someone's name. Learn about where they have been. And when you notice what is needed, give it with faith. We have nothing from Luke here that says, okay. John and Peter, as they walked up to the gate, they found this person who Jesus said they would found, and they pulled out of their back pocket the proof text that they needed for this man to be healed. No, 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 no. These are Peter and John who walked with Jesus, who loved Jesus well and wanted the world to be transformed by his love and his grace, who noticed this man, and with faith of who God was in their hearts, they boldly said to this man, we will give you what you have have. And in that moment, they could have failed. And yet they didn't. How many of us, because we think that what we can give won't be enough, choose to not even notice the person and pull away instead? It takes faith. It takes courage. It takes humility to notice what is needed, and to give it with faith. Now, like I said, the story continues. When all of the people saw him, all the church people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished, and they came running to him in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, fellow sunrise people, I don't know, what do we call ourselves, sunrisers? I don't know. But you people, why does this surprise you? These are not the words that I would have anticipated Peter would say. Why does this surprise you? It's almost like they should have known something about who this Jesus is who has just shown up in a huge way that would lead them to not be surprised by the fact that there is someone who is healed, whose life is made whole, who is now welcomed into the family and presence of God. So the question is, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power... Or by our own godliness, we had this man walk. Followers of God, why does it surprise you that God moves in ways that brings wholeness to his people? Why in the world would you think that it's because of how good I am or because of how much I do my devotions or how many Bible verses I read? Don't you know that the power and presence of God is available to you just like it is to me? There is no difference in your godliness and mind that calls God's attention toward the people of this earth in order to bring the wholeness that people need. This happens in Solomon's colonnade. This is this border area on the outside of the temple. You can see there where the arrows are pointing. You've got some pillars there in the top right corner where you can see there's a little bit of an overhang with pillars where people could hang out. This is where Solomon's porch, the church, got its name. You had Stoics who would gather in a portion of Solomon's porch, and they there would have their disciples, and they would learn about Stoicism. Jesus, when he walked the earth, and he was in the temple, would be another part of Solomon's porch, and he would be talking about his disciples. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees and Jesus' followers would interact with each other, and there was an exchange of ideas. It's in this place. It is in the porch of Jesus' church, of the place of God, where conversations happen, and it's here that the life and the presence of God that in the story of Acts happens outside of the church, begins to ease its way into the church. And Peter goes on to say, after he asks them, why in the world are you surprised about this? He tells them about their history. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you guys can see their names right there. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you handed over to be killed, and who you disowned before Pilate, though Pilate decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. These are bold words from Peter. These are not the words that we want to hear from a pastor today, are they? Peter doesn't get up and with a cheery face, say to the people, hey, if you would just follow God, you can do these same things too. No, Peter has hard words for the people who were there. Look, this Jesus who you were surprised is able to make people whole is the one who God said from a long time ago was going to come and make people whole. How could you forget that? You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. The God of Jesus Christ himself is able to overcome the the lameness in this man's legs. It is the power of God through Jesus Christ that is able to tear down the walls that separate Jews and Gentiles. It is the power of God that is able to lift up the Jesus who all of us decided to kill is what Peter says. And Peter says we're all witnesses of this. All of you in this space saw what happened to Jesus, and by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you now see and know was made strong, made whole is the specific word that's used there. In this context, it makes sense. He's made strong. His legs were made strong enough so that he could walk. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that his completely healed him, as you can see. Peter and John are saying, if we can go back just a little bit to what they said at the very beginning of this conversation, you guys need to understand that it is not my goodness that healed this guy. It's not my godliness that healed this man. It is the God of heaven who sent Jesus who healed this man and you people have turned your backs on Jesus you have discounted who he is can you see that this act of someone being made whole is a knocking on your heart to help you remember for the first to help you know for the first time or to remember again that there is a god of heaven who is not just knocking on earth but is coming into it with a transforming love and grace that makes People whole. So, fellow Israelites, Peter doesn't look down his nose and say, You people. He says, All of us, fellow Israelites, fellow human beings who make all kinds of mistakes. I know that you acted in ignorance. This word means you acted without knowing. It doesn't mean you knew what to do and you did the wrong thing. Look, you acted out of ignorance. You didn't know. So did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all of the prophets saying that this Messiah would suffer. So repent. We talked about this word last week. Reorient your life around Jesus. Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that He may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Look, the proper response to God knocking in the world in such a way that he brings wholeness to the people around you is not for us to try to figure out what can I do to do the same kinds of things in someone else's life. The point of it is not for us to become jealous and wonder why God is not doing it for us. The point of God making people whole is for everyone around that person to reorient their life around Jesus. Are we okay with that? Am I okay with that? I was in a car accident a few weeks ago. My back hurts. I walk in these doors right here, this beautiful gate into Sunrise Ministries, almost every day. Doggone it, I study the Bible. And I don't swear when people can hear me, just like all of you. Come on now. And I've asked God to take the pain out of my back, and he hasn't. Some of you walk through these doors, and you have a broken relationship with people in your family, or you feel like an outcast from our community, and you walk through doors waiting to be seen, and you wonder when someone else's life is made whole, where is God? Why not me? Peter says to people like me, to people like you, who see God making someone else's life made whole, that our job is to, in response, reorient our lives to God again. And to not say... The point of my life is to get God's attention and for me to be made whole. No, 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 no. The point of our lives is to understand the story of God that happens all the way back with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, spans all of this time that we have covered over the last few months, and even now, God is present and he is faithful. And so the story of our lives is small compared to the story of God that Peter is telling to these people, and I don't know where that went. So Peter reminds them that God sent Jesus, and he reminds them with this phrase that times of refreshing will come from the Lord, of what the prophets had spoken about all along, that there will be a water that comes into the dry desert, that the lame will walk, that prisoners will be set free. Don't be surprised when you see these things happen. This is what God promised. Peter goes on to tell us about Jesus, that heaven must receive Jesus until the time comes for God to restore everything. We've talked about that over and over again here at Sunrise Ministries. We are waiting for God to make all things new. The story continues at some point God will restore everything, just as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For it was Moses who said way back there, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. This is about Jesus. Anyone who doesn't listen to Jesus will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel. This is still pointing all the way back here. All the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, these days that are happening right now where God is making people whole. Don't be surprised, Sunrise. Don't be surprised, fellow Israelites, who have discounted the work of God in your life. This has been coming, and it finally came at Pentecost, where you saw with your own eyes the great things that God would do. And you were heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. It was God who said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on the earth will be blessed, will be made whole. And when God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. It's the majority of this chapter, this second half, where Peter returns to the history of Israel where he takes the time to say, look, you shouldn't be surprised by what happened here because what happened here where this man was healed happened also right after Pentecost. And Pentecost happened right after Jesus died and was resurrected. And Jesus coming to earth as Messiah is something that has its anchoring point way back here in the Old Testament. All of this has been forecasted for so long Don't be surprised by what God is doing. And so not only should we be confident that when we see someone who needs something that we should notice and give it with faith, but when we give, we should give according to God's will. It has been God's will all along from the very beginning of time all the way back to the promise of Abraham that God would bless us so that we could bless other people. There is nothing in scripture that says, God blesses us so that we can bless a bank account. God blesses us so that we can have a cabin. God blesses us so that we can have arguments with people that show them we are right. There is nothing that says, God blesses us so that we can accumulate and maintain power and not share it with other people. No, 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 no! God blesses us so that we can pursue his will of blessing other people. And that is God's will. And so in Acts chapter 3, we see a Jesus who was promised long ago working through his people outside of the walls of the church to notice those who need help and to give that help not just with faith, but with eyes that look up to the horizon of God making all things new. And so as you walk into this week, wherever that takes you, you might feel like you're walking into that week like this lame man who can't offer the world much. But you are at least like Peter. You are at least... Like John, who, as a follower of Jesus, with a sore back or not, is able to, with faith, give what you have to help make this world right again. God, we come to you this morning, we look at your word. We look at the teachings of Luke that tell us about what happened at the beautiful gate so that we might see you more clearly. God, we know that we have been that lame person sitting outside of your temple, outside of your holy place. And it is because of the work of your son who saw us and didn't just bring a wallet, gave himself to make us whole so that we could come into your family and into your presence. God, would you move us to be a people who give as generously as you have? God, you are more than what any of us need. We stand in your son alone, because it's not just because he's the only thing that we have, but because Jesus alone gives us everything we need to transform this world with your love and with your grace. And so God, we humbly and yet boldly ask you to help us notice what's needed to give it with faith and to give according to your will. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know what you need this morning. Maybe you're here like the man at the beautiful gate who said, just give me something. I don't know who you see in this room and what you have or have not noticed about them. But whichever chair you're sitting in, metaphorically, what do you need to do? Do you need to listen to the person who's simply asking, Will you give me something? Just something. You need to be the person who's going to give. Maybe it's going to be giving money in the bucket back there by scanning the QR code, whatever, but maybe you need to give something other than money, and maybe you need to give it not to the church that sits nicely nestled behind the beautiful gate, but directly to the person or the people who need it. So if you want to give financially, you do that if you want to take the time to ask God what it is you need to give so that you can transform the world around you so that you can help bring wholeness to the people around you then while we sing this song pray that whether you're sitting in your chair praying whether you're standing up and singing with your guts out may we be a people who give with faith who give according to God's will
1: This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter. with the precious blood. the power of Christ in me. From to supply to final breath, Jesus convinced my death
2: line here in the power of christ we stand our ankles our knees our hips spiritually speaking have been made whole because of the work of christ god has transformed our own lives with his love and his grace may we walk into the world doing the same at this point our service is done we're going to take a short break right now according to that clock it's 9 57 At 10.02, that's five minutes, we'll start our town hall meeting, okay? Thank you guys for being with us. We love you. We hope you have a great week.